best in the Parsec. Would you agree? Welcome back to another episode of Women of the Wills. We are finally back again this week uh, to talk about The Mandalorian. It's really good. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. How about you, Megan? Uh, I it's I was honestly like The Mandalorian's not really like I thought it wasn't going to be my thing. I thought it was going to be like you know not the kind of star wars i like Mm -hmm. but i'm obsessed it's i have never been so glad to be wrong about a thing same it's it's such a if you haven't seen the episodes yet why are you listening? don't listen don't (laughs) this is not gonna be free i'm sorry um but this is gonna be part of a new segment that we're doing called mando mayhem where we're gonna recap every week uh mandalorian for this episode there were two episodes that came out and probably most of this is just going to be us screaming about baby Yoda. That's apparently now a thing. And I have the best thing to have um, ever happened. I, the, this is a total out of order comment, but go for it. My, I'm very much annoyed mm-hmm. by the fact that we have all collectively named this thing Baby Yoda. There are a lot of names for it, but Baby but Yoda like, has been like the mainstream thing. But like, it's not Yoda. Yeah. yeah. No. No. This is, the thir- this is the third of this species that we have encountered. Like, why isn't it yeah. Baby Yaddle? Do we know exactly. If it's Do we know if it's a girl? We don't know. <laughs> exactly. But I'm hoping cannot- it's a girl. I'm hoping it's a girl because there has been nothing but dudes. Cannot wait until. They give it an, a, the species a name so we can actually stop. Are they going to give it a name though? No, but <laughs> I hope they give it a name. Well, they don't, I don't. They're going to get the I don't baby. I don't care a name. if they name the species or not. I just need this needs another name aside from Baby Yoda. Yeah, no, the baby like, gotta have a name. Everyone I know is yeah. like Baby Yoda, and I'm like Baby, Baby, Baby. I don't. I don't <laughs> baby. <laughs> yeah, but like when you're talking about it, like out of context, I really don't know what to call it. Cause like, I know, because we don't know what to call it. But but like we never even got a name for Yoda species. So like, my mom calls it Gizmo. Because Gizmo, <laughs> it looks like um, Gizmo. Yeah, the gremlin like, from the Gremlins. I'm just like, you know, you're not wrong. Green not Gizmo, wrong. but but just forty times cuter. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Those eyes, dear God, those I... you. I yeah and and the ears. Anyways, we're totally we're. This is, <laughs> why don't we go back to the beginning, Nettie? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so for those of, I mean, for those of you who watched it day of on Disney Plus, like that was really exciting to turn on Disney Plus and go, whoa, Mandalorian. Um, just the uh, this is the first direct to streaming um, content we've had for Star Wars. Um, mm-hmm. This is the first, not that, you know, cable TV is much more accessible than streaming content these days anyways, but this is the first um, content 
created for an exclusive platform. Um, and it's crazy to think that even though it is on a very specific platform, that so many people have seen it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so big. It's so special. Um, it's and quite the hit. And my favorite thing to come out of the phenomenon is just the simple fact that Dave Filoni is now like a god above what he already was. Like, you know, he has that following of everyone who loves the animated series and, you know, we worship him rightfully so as that. But um, he's like, he's a name now and people are recognizing his contribution to the Mandalorian and it's so overdue and so good it really is and it like not to be that person but i'm gonna be that person i'm kind of bitter that it took a live action show for people to recognize them because you know animation is for kids not but anyway but because i I think right because i mean i think of all people i think he is one of the most influential dedicated voices in star wars so to have him you know at the forefront of something this big pop culture wise um is really exciting and i know there was an article in the new york times what was it i think so there was an article something big i don't know there was a big article about him and everyone's like oh my god dave filoni and we're all like yeah dave filoni (laughs) so yep um and then of course john favreau doing um the re- it as well is another big name but it, it it it's refreshing as a as star wars content that it's it's a passion project from everyone involved it is very much something it is a labor of love everyone who's doing it is doing it because they want to and that's the difference right um so not that the rest of star wars isn't but if you're taking big names and putting them on a big project um this is all about them creating something they love right so. and you can tell like the only first two episodes like it's amazing and like I, when we sat down i've been watching this um uh the first viewings that i've had i've been watching it with my family and when we sat down to watch the first episode together i was like this looks like a movie <laughs> this is like so high quality for it's it's a show but it's like you wouldn't be able to tell. It's like, it's super high quality. The cinematography, right. they didn't skimp on anything. Nope. Someone all. was commenting that there are so many freaking alien species. Yes. That like, like. I love it. They're just, you know, you walk it. The first thing they we, we see is they walk into a cantina. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, look at all the species. Yep. Um, and the nature of it being a space Western Right. is that there's just so much the the location's changing so there's not much for like room for repeated locales or repeated characters um exactly and like so the whole idea like you know the whole space western thing that everybody's been talking about it's like the other films have taken aspects of you know like westerns and stuff like that because if you look at the influences that George Lucas had and right everything else is you know it's like this is this is not the first Star Wars content that we've had to take influence from a west western you know themes but 
at the same time, this is the first one to like really take it and like run with it completely and just like push it super as it is right now, you know, you know, right. this kind of idea that they've been formulating around it's awesome, really cool. And it sets a completely different tone. Completely. And it's it's the least it is the least verbal Star Wars we have ever had. Mm-hmm. There is such a effective use of silence and um it you know it i never thought i'd i mean i talk all the time talking to my favorite thing right. to do i never thought i would enjoy something where it's just listening and we talk about the difference between um tv show filmmaking um and you know creating your script and concepts for it versus film um, all my professors, you know, I've always, you know, talked about how TV shows tend to become talking heads. That's what we call it, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a back and forth. And the whole story is mainly carried by dialogue. Right. And it's not so much visually cue, visual cue centered because you don't have that kind of time to really, you know, look into it and, you know, gather and absorb and take all that information in. But when you have like a show, you know, that's like 40 minutes, you know, long each episode like that. And you have directors, you know, who are really... Dave Filoni, especially, you know, being involved in it, I feel like has had like a huge input in that because first of all, you can just look at some of the stuff that happens in the show and you're just like, that was Dave Filoni. And <laughs> and it taking that and pushing this more towards the epic, just this large scale that you normally see and only in film, not right. in TV is what's pushing this i feel like and that's a big reason why a lot of people are latching on to it and another possible reason we were talking earlier about how you know again the whole uh western kind of thing that we were talking about you know lone ranger you know lone gunslinger you know we were that was the description we were giving for the show and that's what we're getting but it's in a completely different way than we had thought right and I cannot begin to describe how much I appreciate. <laughs> well, and back to Dave Filoni, of course, um, just mm. his his intense innate love of Star Wars and the story of it. Um, the the Mandalorian storyline um, having the actual Mandalorian components um, of him, you know. It would have done him a disservice and the entire Mandalorian culture as we know it if he had been a talker or had been yeah. someone who was, you know, careless with his words or right. you know, social. Like we know, I mean, even from the limited, like in the canon, in the canon Mandalorian storyline, like they are very independent and very fiercely loyal to each other. Oh yeah. So it would have. I'm very glad that we're not seeing anything that deviates from that because. Right. And we know, I mean, as we, I guess if we start the actual run through, but <laughs> the other Mandalorians we see, it's, it's similar. It's not like it's going to be, um, right. so do you want to kick it off? I mean, sure. Um, I, my, my favorite thing about the beginning of the show is, uh, we get that guy speaking Hatties. Yep. Um, but so my dear friend drew he did some research. Apparently, Echuta does not mean hey. Um, so, like, Echuta Mando is basically, like, a very rude, like, mm-hmm. stop you, butthead. Like, right. not 
except I would have totally said other words, but I'm very respectful to Nettie's wishes to not swear at you. (laughs) Uh, It's really not a nice thing to say. So, you know, like we think it means just like, Hey, but you know, when the droid does it in six and and five and then three PO is like, how rude. Like strikes back. Yeah. And so, it sounds very similar to there's actually a slur. Well, there's a Guatem in Guatem uh, the Guatemalan Guatemalan dialect for uh, speaking Spanish. Uh, that also is not a very good term. That literal word for word echuta is actually yeah <laughs> pretty similar to what you're saying. It, it's actually a real word, and gotcha. it's a slang word. Um, so not everybody might know it. And again, it's in the Guatemalan dialect only. But still, still, it was just like, I know yeah, I got so that impression like the first time and I was like, a, <laughs> It's definitely a, um, a super rude, like, mm-hmm. slur about Mandalorians. And like, so right off the bat, the Mandalorians are not like <laughs> the, the, the uh, very, well, <laughs> very badass, like super warriors that we know them to be. It's like the start of a bad joke, though, the beginning of this show. And I mean that in the best way because like, you have a Mandalorian walks into a bar. Right. And it's like, <laughs> it's it like, kills a bunch of people. It's fine. What could go wrong? And this guy <laughs> just starts, you know, yelling at him, shooting these derogatory terms at him. What's going to go wrong? I mean, right. what do you think? Like, hmm. Anyway. Um, so, I mean, yes, we keep talking about space cowboy, space bat, like, but like, I, I wrote down space Batman. He's definitely Batman. Like, like, <laughs> you know, masked. I can see Like, <laughs> doesn't talk much, has a bunch of fancy armor, mm-hmm. like, will beat you up without a second thought. Yep. So I wrote space Batman. I mean, it's also a space Western, but. Yeah, no, I would agree space with space Batman. Batman. Except space. space Batman who like. The Grinch and the Space Batman combined, because <laughs> his heart grows three sizes that day, and he does not. Seasonally appropriate. That's yeah. Um, but yeah, again, like there are so many freaking aliens in that bar. I love it. I love and that it's not the Cantina on Mos Eisley, but it's another Cantina on Tatooine, and that's all we need to know. And right. it could have been Moss, blah blah blah, for all we care. It doesn't actually matter. It's just familiar enough that we can contextualize it but like cantina we see them all the time in star wars it's like a staple cantina yeah star wars full of aliens what do you know and anyway so mandalorian walks to a bar then bar fight ensues um inevitable like okay and i want to talk real quick before the fight happens the guy who was yelling at him just comes up to the bar with his little knife and does a little on the front chest plate of his armor. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? You're like, going to die. <laughs> that's like poking a rancor with a... Like, yeah. maybe, you know, verbal jabs, not so much, but you touch oh, Mandalorian's armor? No. I think I misspoke. That's, this isn't Tatooine yet. No, no, this isn't Tatooine. This is covered in snow. Well, do we know where this is? Do we have oh. a name? I don't remember. No, I didn't catch you saying tattooing. <laughs> oh, I did because I said I didn't catch that. Not, it's not. It's it's sim- it's similar to when we walk into tattooing, but it's it's another cantina on another right with other uh, low lifes mm-hmm. consuming their yep milk or whatever. And um, it's off to a quick start. A huge fight happens. 
blah, blah, blah. There's really not that much to say here other than this guy gets sliced in half. It's a Quarren. Live action Quarren. Pretty cool. I think we saw a few in the prequels, but they're in the background. Um, this guy looked pretty cool, though. Um, I just, you're going to hear me talking about the alien design, like, for this whole episode, because that's just what I do. And I just love it. And he gets sliced in half. The other guy dies. <laughs> and then the Mandalorian just kind of leaves. But he, he, well, he, but before he leaves, the little blue guy that everybody was picking on, which apparently they wanted him for something about his glands. I don't know. And that was weird. It was, weird. it was weird. They wanted him for his glance. <laughs> and anyway, there was a bounty on that guy, turns out. So they, Mandalorian's like, slides the puck in front of him, it's his face. And this little blue guy's very talkative. He did all the talking. I was watching him talk and I was like, wow, is this what I sound like to other people? And then <laughs> he was just like, is he going to shut up? Like, he won't stop talking. I also like how he tried to bribe him. Mm-hmm. Like, let's bribe the bounty hunter who's here to collect me. Yeah, that's a great idea. Sounds like a wonderful idea. Um, and so they go and they try to get passage across the thing. Oh, also we see Sice Noodles. I don't know what what's the species called. Uh, oh, I know what it's called. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. What is the species called? Anyways, and he's all like, wah, 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 wah. and I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, but. That astromech in the speeder was so cute. It was. Saying. And then the Mandalorian's just like, no droids. Don't like droids. Give me another one. Give me another speeder. And so Very the Mandalorian of him <laughs> goes off dejected. Just right. <laughs> um, and they get in another speeder. They're speeding above the ice. And all of a sudden, right when they're about to get to a ship. Space walrus. Big old space monster. And I love it. Um, what did I write? I wrote... Is that a walrus space ice dragon? I love him. Yes, it yes. is. And I love it, too. I was, <laughs> I, I, I was watching this. So I was like, wow, Nettie is going to be obsessed with all these creatures. I can tell this right now. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, it was, it, yeah, hilarious. Yeah. Um, and they get into the ship, and the blue guy is still talking. Blue guy has a name. Fish dude is annoying. I called him fish dude. Yeah, fish boy. And... I don't know what his name is. So I'm just going to call him fish, fish Dude. And he literally will not stop talking. And then he starts talking about how basically he's going to pee in his pants. And and then he goes to... Gets very descriptive. <laughs> so descriptive. <laughs> I'm like... Then he what? wanders into the ship and like goes exploring and which, you know, everyone's like, oh no. What is he doing? But mm-hmm. the Mandalorian comes down and is like, "Yeah, he you're doing shoves him in the mini fridge." He shoves it. a mini. They and mm-hmm. the, he gets he gets carbon freezed, carbon frozen, carbon frozen in the mini fridge. It's like so a tiny one. I love I, that callback to. I mean, not callback, but we know that. Well, because he finds all the other bad other ones, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's. I mean, it makes sense. Of course, that would be how they. Right. But my question is, why was the one in Bespin and the one in Clone Wars so huge? Because, like, this is just, like, the closet-sized version of it. And this is I, also about... It's tiny. Years later. And it, that's true. No. Yeah. And, and right. wasn't the one on Bespin, like, Vader's, like, DIY, like, make it with the parts you have one? 
Was it? Like, that wasn't like real. Remember, he said we need to make sure this is this actually works. We're gonna uh, test it on Han because we're gonna use it on Luke. That's right. So I think it was like literally like a hey, my useless stormtrooper dudes, go make this thing right now with whatever you can find. Thing in this grand chamber. Yeah, that has Vader written all over it. <laughs> um. So. So little yeah. dude gets frozen in carbonate, and then the next part, um, they end up. He ends up in another cantina-ish area the mandalorian um we don't see the trade-off of like the actual bodies <laughs> of the bounties but um we see him get in contact with the uh, grief karga that's his name um grief karga is the guy who i suppose I'm so bad at space names so yeah. yeah the only reason why i know this is because i've seen this episode three times <laughs> <laughs> three times each um and he's the one who is responsible for giving him the pucks the pucks are like this kind of you know little i guess it's like a pocket device that you know they keep on and it's literally a hockey puck that's a little hollow projector yeah and that's where he gets the bounties from and he collects from him he's gonna collect from him the, all the bounties that he brought in and he's like you know are there any more and he shoves out all these pucks, which I'm like, why are you taking out all of these if he can't have all of them? But anyway, he tells him, like, you can't take them all. Um, there are other members of the guild, you know, who need jobs, too. And he's just like, Play okay. nice and share with the other kids. <laughs> you can't have it all. No. And he ends up, he, this is where he tells him about um, the assignment, which the Mandalorian goes on. Um, that does not have they don't have any information uh, no puck uh on the bounty that he has to capture um there's like nothing he, he has, has to, to go talk to the dude he has to go face to face with the client which is unnamed the guy that plays that's played by Werner Herzog uh he's unnamed he's just called the client on the data bank um <laughs> for now and that was the when he gets there mm -hmm. that like um oh wait we didn't mention there were jawas we saw jawas yes um i'm very excited <laughs> by the fact that jawas are a thing um the you walk so it's like the same little alarm system that um jabba had on his palace and then yeah. he goes in and they're stormtroopers like and the client is wearing a imperial medal around his neck um oh it is an imperial medal yeah it's like it's I like a, it's like an it's like a, an award medal Ooh. um and it ha it's it's the imperial crest um with like a blue ribbon and i'm that like that threw me off i was like whoa like are you a loyalist is this a weird imperial faction like mm -hmm. we know for a fact the empire is gone right um and i was like Ugh. and then but isn't this okay exactly how long does when when does this show start? How many years or months? I don't know how many years. I know it's after after Return of the Jedi. I think it's after the Battle of Jakku. Is it? I don't because like to me that I don't think it's hold on because if it's not after the Battle of Jakku, then that makes sense to me why there's still Imperials around because of that whole well, weird it looked transition. Like, but all of their armor was like marked up 
yeah like, painted and, and stuff which would not be uh that would not be yeah they I had just like thought it was dirty I just oh i thought dirty. some of them had like war paint like markings I don't like think a mercenary who had just ended up with the armor because they thought it was cool or because they killed a bunch of stormtroopers. See, that's what I was thinking too. They were just wearing stormtrooper armor, but I'm like, number one, who just wants to wear stormtrooper armor? It's because literally, apparently it's, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> it's like that's one that doesn't actually do anything. Yeah, so just like, they must be regular, legit stormtroopers. That's that's where my brain went. When did... Okay, four ABY, nine ABY. So, so five years after the end of, uh, wait, no, uh, five years after the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So, uh, four years after the Battle of Jakku. Okay. Hmm. Because the um mm-hmm. the the what's it called? So the, uh, apparently, the peace treaty was signed nine months after the um, right, because Ben, <laughs> yeah. and then the so it was about you know four ish years after that. Okay, okay. So the empire is definitely gone. Palpatine has taken his friends to the outer reaches to never be seen again, and the right um, new republic is in charge. But are they though because you know that's what this whole show is about it's well, like the new yeah. republic's trying to be in charge we They're know that trying. didn't go very well yeah so also if this is an outer rim uh, planet like tatooine like there's i don't think the new republic reached that far because they were so chaotic yeah um, that's what they got to anyways we're getting into a galactic politics but yes the hopefully the show will kind of get into that but i don't know we'll see yeah we'll see um mm-hmm. Because I'm interested. But yeah, so he meets this dude, the client. The client's all like, I have a bounty for you. Mm-hmm. You're going to have no information except this little tracking thing, I'm a bobber. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to pay you in Mandalorian steel. And <laughs> when he's talking, out of the corner of the room from another door, out comes this guy. He's a scientist, imperial scientist. He's got, you know, the See, uniform he, and everything. Okay, what if he's Krennic's son? <laughs> okay, well, here's the thing. Because, like, somebody pointed it out to me that on his shoulder... Oh, the clone. Yes, yes, Kamino- yes, yes. Yeah, the Kaminoan uh, symbol patch thing, whatever, their science division or something like that. And I was like, what? Like, so knowing... Okay, so this does that guy, make negative sense? Because well, the client wants. I'm thinking. I'm just spitballing here. The client wants the asset, and the asset is the baby Yoda, who, as we find <laughs> out later, is force sensitive. And I was, you know, speculating before episode two came out. I'm just like, you know, that this is why these guys want him. The baby has to be force sensitive because why would you want a baby? And it's difficult because it's like why okay the scientist wants him alive the client guy is like you can bring him in either alive or dead and the scientist guy is just like but no that's not what we agreed on i need the thing alive and it's knowing that he has like the the patch on him like you know i don't think he's gonna clone him or anything like that i feel like it has something okay okay ready okay go ahead i think this has something to do with midi-chlorians midi-chlorians yep 
The scientist wants midichlorians. Hmm. But okay, also, if there is the bounty hunter being hired to track down a force sensitive asset, where is where is Luke? Why why doesn't why hasn't his little mini school of Jedi people found this baby? Right, which brings me to my next question, you know, who has him right now? That's what I want to know. I want because when they go and he goes and gets the baby. Right. There's no one actually like there. It's just the It's just a bunch of hard mercs. Nikto's the species or like that's all they were. They were all guarding the baby and jumping ahead again. IG eleven was sent to kill the asset. IG eleven is also part of the guild. Somebody else sent him. They both thought they were the only ones on the mission. What's going on here? <laughs> well, and whatever it is, the who is this for? Is mm-hmm. this is this are they trying to reignite the empire? Is this I mean, cuz this is too early to be first order, right? Yeah, it is. Cuz first order is... cuz the loyalists didn't really come out of the woodwork until later in the new republic efforts. The first like, time we see them is in Bloodline. Bloodline. Right? And Bloodline's yeah. like 10 years Way, later. Yeah. So it's makes you wonder. And But, you know, obviously they were still around. And, you know, to have had that, you know, going on the whole time, they must have been loyalists from day one. Right. And so, I mean, this is set, you know, a few years after. So this is just showing, I suppose, the line of transition that we're gonna see um, this is the early early days but yeah i mean and moving on the it, these stormtroopers or whoever they are are not really relevant they're just there to no. intimidate and scare which they did like i was like oh crap yeah but um and he was too he was like oh crap so it's like like uh because just because it's been four years doesn't mean that uh the empire has been forgiven or forgotten right and And going off of that if we can move on from the scene yeah i was gonna say wait wait i have a funny i just thing to mention as he's leaving you see a street vendor roasting quacky and monkey lizards on a on a spit and i was like oh let's traumatize all of the kids who bought their quacky monkey lizard and bat too why don't we that's a I was so mad because I <laughs> love those. <laughs> I am the only one in my family who does I, not the next kid who I see, The and next I was, kid I see with one on his shoulder, I'm going to be like, ooh, look, a snack. We'll see uh, what happens. <laughs> you'll get fired. I, I usually tell kids it. to watch out because they've been known to chew on earlobes. But, yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. That's anyways, funny. so they, we go straight into Cracking the... Like <laughs> <laughs> we go into mandos yes and this made me so excited you have no idea like who i've been thinking about this scene for a long time okay so i had like i had a hardcore uh greek mythology nerd a uh, moment that i'm sure you're going to talk about so continue well i want to i want to hear it from you first well so the 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 woman mm-hmm. who's in charge also also matriarchy yeah thank you Woo-woo. we know that the mandalorians 
respect their women, and I'm glad that that was not uh, well, lost besides, in the shuffle. Yeah, um, besides Death Watch, but you know, anyway. Well, but <laughs> I, I watched want... that the other day. That's why I'm thinking about it right <laughs> Eddie, now. <laughs> that's the. I don't know how to say this respectfully. Uh, I get you. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, uh, I had a, I had an immediate Athena Mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, her, her helmet is a traditional like Greek war helmet and, um, and she's building armor and she's the goddess of battle and wisdom. Oh yeah. um, which was like, oh, yes. It's like um, literally we all share one brain cell because it's like that's what everybody in my chat, my group chat that I'm part of has been like talking about. And it's like, and, yes, I am here for this. And he respects her. Mm-hmm, clearly. And, and mm-hmm. I understand, I, I share the frustration that we have had one female character so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to discredit the fact that the one female character we've had has oh. been in a position of power. Oh yeah. So, and we're going to get more, I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and that the um I don't remember what it's called. The the Mandalorian steel. Uh like, Yeah, she's like this is going to build lots of stuff. And I was like, wow. Like it's going to sponsor a lot of foundlings. I was once a foundling and that's when I lost it. <laughs> I was like, okay, cuz all right. Let's talk about this for just a second. So when there's walking through the um, complex or wherever where all the Mandalorians are, you see a bunch of kids right there um, running around. And it's like a brief shot, but I just thought it was like so funny. I'm just like, oh, there's a bunch of kids in here. And you see the symbol up top, the Mandalorian mythosaur up there. And they talk about that later as well. And when they're talking about you know, the whole foundling thing, I, from what I could gather, you know, the whole foundling thing is basically the hall of Mandalorians have been displaced. Um, and it's right. just, you know, been terrible. And foundlings, I suppose, are literally just another word for kids that they've found and that they've possibly, you know, taken in and are orphans. Um, just like, from what we can gather, the Mandalorian. Well, was. and we got that flashback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to talk that, about too. He, when he was a kid, of that right. flashback of his presumably his parents uh, dying, and we have all this foreshadowing of children, 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 and it's like definitely intentional because of the way the episode ends. I feel like. Well, in not just I mean, the children of the war are mm-hmm. the that is the sequel trilogy that is this that is yeah um and i'm really interested to see because i mean because this is a time period that we don't have much of yeah because we have a pretty straight jump from aftermath to bloodline to sequel trilogy literature Mm -hmm. um this is a bit of a lost era but i think it's less predictable then i mean because the the time between uh the fall of the republic and episode four was an unknown but now it's not we have you know solo rebels all of it is just in there right Um, so this is exciting that we're getting actually a new chapter that we haven't seen timeline wise um but it's uh so i also wonder 
if we're not getting our season seven of Clone Wars until later because it is about the Siege of Mandalore mm-hmm. and they're trying to keep them separate. Yeah, no, and that's, that was a thought that I had too. Uh, good point. Because it'd be pretty confusing if we had two different Mandalorian things happening at the same time in like 25 right. years apart. <laughs> like, right. 20 years apart, that'd be, that'd be kind of a lot, but... Um, I agree. But yeah, so he goes on his uh, adventure to Tatooine. Mm-hmm. To uh, everything always ends up on Tatooine. It's almost like the deserts are symbolic or something. Mm, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> um, he almost gets eaten by a blurg. Yes, the blurgs. <laughs> She's. Um, a I st- I stand matriarchal bur- blurgs. <laughs> I do too. It was so I- good. <laughs> <laughs> they eat them. They eat them in. I want one. I want there to be one for sale in Batu. There be better a be a blurg, blurg soon. <laughs> Nettie, you are a blurg. <laughs> you, are, you, are, you are a fierce blurg queen. Um, fierce blurg queen. I want, I, I, want a, I want a toy blurg. I want to make a sticker of that. Fierce blurg queen. Do it. I'm going to do it. Um, so yeah, the blurg attacks him, and the Mandalorian is losing. There are two blurgs, and he is losing bad. And then... Uh, his name is Kuil, uh, the little guy that we see, uh, who's an Ugnaught, right? Yes. Yeah. And that's why he, like, can, like, do things like, build, like, yeah. things and fix the ship and, like. Right, right. And he sings tranquil tranquilizes the Blurks, um, which, can I talk about the Blurks real quick? I never <laughs> thought out of all the creatures that I would ever see a live action blurg. I didn't know that I needed it until we got it. And it made me so happy. They look like tadpoles slash T-Rexes. Like the little tiny arms and then like a big head. They kind of remind me of piranhas too in a weird way. And it's like so funny. It's like a fish frog thing on land like just walking on two legs and it's the funniest thing but i love it a lot um anyway go ahead <laughs> oh no i just i my note says i want a blurg oh yeah um but so here's this friend um this is the first time i've seen the mandalorian completely out of control and losing yes um and and, talks. and that becomes a that becomes a theme you know we see him out of control and um the this is the first of it and him accepting help mm-hmm. is like so hard for him but because he, he's a mandalorian because <laughs> he's a stubborn butthead yeah. um but he does and he gets this help and this guy's only helping him because the the threat surrounding the asset is impacting his way of life mm-hmm. so he's sponsoring all these people to go try to you know fix it but everyone else has died yeah so he's like, you can try, go for it. Like, <laughs> well, he tells them that he's like, they they've all tried, they've all come to me for help, and they've all died. I'm not sure I want your help. <laughs> and he left so hard. I'm just like, up oh, sarcasm. We have humor. We he has a soul. <laughs> so, so funny. Um, uh, but it's like piece by piece through this episode, you see a little bit more, and like that flashback really helps, like a lot. To right. Like, 
like he is a person in the mask yeah it's and you know whereas whereas darth vader wore his mask because it was him he was that person that like is what he became Mm -hmm. the mandalorian is wearing the mask just to protect himself it's almost like masks are symbolic oh wow really yeah i had no idea me neither did you notice unrelated did you notice Uh uh-huh before, at the beginning of the episode, after the Disney Plus swoosh, the new Star Wars cut for because yes. it's all the masks. Yeah, and then droids. It's, but yeah, well, yeah, masks and droids. It, they didn't do any pers- pe- people likenesses, but it's like no people faces. Vader, R two, three PO, Kylo, Ky- Kylo, Mando, Mando or Mando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that was really cool, and then it has like a whole like Star Wars thing. It was I it thought is, that was really awesome. It is very cool. Um. Anyways, masks. Um, masks. But yeah, so he goes on an adventure to the well, thing. On a, not yet. Oh, not yet. What did I miss? Because I want to talk about the writing lesson. <laughs> oh my God. I want to mm-hmm. talk about the writing You're a Mandalorian. Lesson. You should be able to do this, you dummy. <laughs> <laughs> this is, you're like, you will ride the blurg. I have spoken. I love, he's saying I have spoken. I know. Everyone is like. So funny. Everyone. Those are the takeaways. I have spoken. Baby Yoda. Yep. <laughs> we have two brain cells and he okay so the only way to get to the encampment where the baby's being held is by blurg and the mandalorian is just like i don't know how to ride a blurg <laughs> i laughed so hard you know the second time i watched that because like you don't really catch it the first time but the way he's just he says that he's just like i don't know how to ride a blurg and he's just like uh, i can just so resigned of, like practically see his face under the mask like uh, and like that's another thing that I wanted to talk about real quick. The way Pedro Pascal is an amazing actor. If you've ever seen him in anything else, you know this. And the way that you're able to, just like Adam Driver, is able to convey emotions of his character while still wearing a mask. Pedro is able to do the same thing. I feel like, and that's a that's a talent. And I stand. I love it. And I cannot he, wait till he takes off that mask. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> I'll talk about that later actually because, um, yeah, anyway, um, Mandalorian is just like, I don't want to ride a blurg, I don't know how to ride a blurg, I can't do it. So he's just like, Okay, you're gonna learn, <laughs> and immediately cut scene to him. I'm just like, in that split second where he's just like, You're gonna learn, I'm just like, You better fall off, you better fall <laughs> off at least once. And as soon as it changes, he falls on the ground, and I'm just like. Yes, because like you, one does not simply learn how to ride an animal. I speak from experience because I rode horses. How to ride an animal without falling at least once. And he falls twice. Back to back. And it, this is a continuation of the him being out of control and vulnerable. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, in, to, even if you're, okay, to, to a Star Wars fan, you hear Mandalorian and you think you know, unbreakable warrior. And in the past 20 minutes, we've had that knocked down quite a few pegs because this is not the Mandalorian culture that we know. And this is not the Mandalorian, you know, persona that we know, but he is still trying to be that. So watching him out of control is, is refreshing. And I mean, we see Sabine out of control, but she's also, you know, growing up. There's a, there's a, bit of adolescence in there that um the Mandalorian doesn't have right but 
I mean, if you look at like, think about like Ursa Wren versus yeah. the Mandalorian, like they're like, like different. The polished kind of, you know, put together kind of right. just impenetrable fortress, which is right. Whereas, and he's still building his armor. Mm-hmm. His armor is being reforged from other things still. Yep. Um, so and he falls off the blurg. And then, and then he is told, you know, by him, he's like, you know, basically that you have to make a connection with the animal. It's not just, you know. Wow, Nettie, have we ever heard that before? Yeah. And it's like, I see you, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) I see you, Dave. (laughs) And he does this little, little hand, hand touch to the, oh, he's like, well, first of all, he's like, he, he's like, he tried to kill me. And he's like, no, this is a female. They eat the males. <laughs> and she tried to kill you. You mean she. Get it right. And he has to make the connection with the animal. And he puts his hand on her forehead, nose, whatever it is. And just like right there between the eyes. And it's like the cutest little thing. It's just like he kind of like, you know, just the, or she kind of like, you know, cl- closes her eyes and just like opens them. It's just like, you know, they're cool. And then he just gets on it's just like ah <laughs> um so yeah i mean we probably should move on um probably but i want to i would talk about blurgs all day i know let's 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 move on now. uh <laughs> <laughs> make <laughs> eddie move on we <laughs> stand a blurg queen okay um so then he goes on the journey to this compound and he gets there and he's like trying to be all sneaky and stuff with a sniper and he's like well, i'm gonna scope it out and then uh, an IG unit <laughs> goes in hot and was all like, "Woo! I'm going to blast you all. And we're like literally spinning around. Yep. Um, and then, you know, Amanda's like, oh, no. Like the Jar Jar oh, yeah. moment of him like doing it. So basically they're super, super, super outnumbered. Mm-hmm. Um, he tries to like. They end up teaming up. He's just like, "Stop shooting at me! I'm in the guild." You know, he's like screaming. It's like this is the first time we hear anything from the Mandalorian that's not like a quiet kind of you know, right. And he's like, he's kind, of, he's totally panicked, and he's, he's like, trying yeah. to figure it out. And so eventually, they do. They team up. Um, mm-hmm. Ig whatever. I is this Ig Eleven? Yes, Ig Eleven. IG- but he died. Ig Eight Eight is an Empire Strikes Back. This is Ig Eleven. No, but, it says Ig Eleven died they're gonna bring him back okay that's why i was confused i was like he got shot in the head yeah it was definitely taika so i didn't know if it was like you can reprogram a droid you can bring a droid back to life and they Uh, they did it in resistance with 40 no i know but like he just like got left in a compound on tatooine who went back and got him i don't know anyways and it was taika so it was great yeah um i loved ig11 because when he moved he like rotates and it's like so weird um, but the best part of this was seeing uh, Mando on a giant cannon. Yeah. That was great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and so they go well, in. Hang on. Before that uh, happens, I want to I talk about IG-11 real quick and how relatable he is. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so he's just like, he, he was funny. There was obviously voiced by Taika House. It's not going to be a funny character. And he, they're outnumbered, like we said earlier. And IG-11 is just like, we're not going to win. Protocol. Just Stop the show. I, I need to self-destruct. <laughs> and Amanda's like, wait, no, don't do that. And he does it like self-destruct. twice. I, well, he keeps trying to do it. He's like, countdown. It's like, stop. Do He's not like, stop. Stop it. 
<laughs> we are not blowing you up because you can't do this. Yeah. Um, but, but I want to blow up. But yeah. Um, and the they blow down the door after everybody is defeated with the cannon. And they go inside, and it's just the two of them, and they f- can't figure out what the asset is because there's nothing there. And then they're like, "What is that? That is that. That is an egg thing. What is so the egg thing?" And the tracking fob is coming from the egg thing. You know, like, what is it? Yeah. And they go and open it. And I kid you not, real quick, I want to tell a story. Okay, so remember how I was watching this with my family? Uh-huh. My dad's sitting over there watching it, and he's looking. We're all eating dinner and watching it and he's like what's in there and I'm like I don't know and he's like but he's like if the person is in there it has to be small what if it's Yoda I kid you not he said that before oh the my god I just thought and I was like what and I'm just like ha 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 father it is not Yoda there is no Yoda in there oh my gosh it's Yoda <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like it was I I thought it was a baby. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was a thing or something like that, or like a body. It looked like a nest. I don't know. So <laughs> I thought it was a baby, but like I was not prepared. I, I was had... not prepared, and I just like... never thought like okay. So my <laughs> my one of my best friends and I are both obsessed with porgs. Like mm-hmm. like really obsessed with porgs. Like between the two of us, we have two tattoos, a license plate, and, like, 40,000 porgs. Um, but we were like, oh, my God. Is this thing cuter than a pork? Oh, yeah. What? We actually had that conversation. And, I have like, no hesitation. I say yes. Yoda, the baby is cuter than a porg, but yeah. porgs collectively are cuter than Yoda's, so it's an arg- it's a, it's a toss-up. But anyways, hmm. um, I have met, like, this is the cu- objectively the cutest Star Wars thing we've ever seen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, they're, they're like, and and it's it's funny to me that this new show on a new platform with the intention of reaching out to new audiences is the thing that has the cute thing. Oh yeah. And I don't know how they hid it from us. I don't know how no one knew this was coming. I don't know how whatever, but the this is now people watched it because they wanted to see the show and they are rewarded with the cutest thing on the freaking well in the galaxy oh yeah um so props to uh y'all at mandalorian for throwing that one at us because mm-hmm. you broke us you broke all of us our minds as soon as i, saw um, I had to stay off twitter because i was like i hadn't seen the second episode yet and i knew it was gonna be like he was gonna be in there <sighs> and i was like oh no there, I, so I opened Twitter on accident once and I just saw like four baby Yodas in a row and I was like, okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> it was the best. And Oh, okay. you had the, you posted the baby Yoda fever thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. <laughs> Big time. And he, okay. So IG-11 was sent to uh, kill, kill it. Yeah. the baby. And Mandalorian's just like, that's not going to happen. And yeah, it was she, just the Ike's face, she, like, she, the, like the, like the, because they were gonna split the bounty, right? And when it comes to down to it, and he's just like, "Oh, my director was to kill the baby." They could have still split the bounty, but he was like, "Why are we killing this baby?" baby. He's like, well, it's, a, it's a baby. It's cute. 
we're not killing <laughs> and so and you see that very dramatic blaster shot uh-huh and then it, like you see and then you think oh my god ig88 just killed the baby but then you see ig or ig11 sorry see ig11 you what you think is him killing the baby and then you see him fall to the ground with a hole in his head and yeah Armando friend standing over baby like oh yes I guess I'm your dad now it's fine this and then is the moment that moment right there the finger touch when he puts out his little finger to the baby is when I became complete and utter trash and just pinpoint the moment right there I was like oh my god I lost it I lost it <laughs> I cannot the- begin to describe how much I lost it. And it was just like, that's it. That's it. I'm hooked on the show. You got me hooked. You have got me. Good job, Lucasfilm. For just so, yeah. throwing that out there. And that was super rude of them, but you know, it's fine. It's a, and then it's like, okay, and now we'll talk about episode two, I guess. Go ahead and starting it off with that. It's adventures in babysitting in space. Well, and it, I think it's, it's interesting that objectively so little happened in episode two mm-hmm. yeah the, the actual plot is not exactly complex or long or no yeah um because it, it's very simple he needs to get out of there with the baby there are a few obstacles in his way he needs right. to get through them right and um, we get to see them interact a little bit more and through that you know the Mandalorian becomes, you know, more, again, he's progressively, you know, becoming less of just this person in a mask, but more of like, you know, a human being. We start to see him as that, and the baby definitely brings it out of him. Um, and the funniest part of this entire episode is just that the, that his little egg nest is just following him no matter what. <laughs> My so mom was like, why didn't I have that when I had you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I need to invent this. But yeah, th- so... The, the episode starts with them traveling. Um, real quick. And- real quick. The episode starts with them traveling. Cute baby lizard things are crawling on the ground. Oh my god. Is it be- <laughs> as soon as I saw a lizard, I was like, Nettie. I love like, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but Nettie loves lizards. So whenever I see a lizard, I think of Nettie. <laughs> I am a reptile. So, she- <laughs> so I was like, oh look, new lizards. Nettie's going to draw these soon. And then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they so, are the cutest things. I have read this little mask, these big eyes, so, and like fifty of them on the ground. So and lizards are cool because them. they were, they were only paying attention. Like they just wanted to look, check out the baby. Like yep. Amanda would like and look, was, and they'd be like, run away. <laughs> the baby was looking at him too, just like they're walking through this like canyon, and there's just the Mandalorians walking, and the baby's in the little stroller cradle thing, floating next to him. The funniest thing, funniest sight that you will ever see. And he's just looking out on the edge of his cradle at these little lizard things, just like yeah, making little noises, just looking at the little creatures, just like, oh, those are cool. <laughs> he's just like, I thought they'd be snacks. What? Probably thought they were snacks. Oh, right. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> well, and then, so, and, you know, there's a really nice human moment. Um, where he's like, what's going on? And then baby's like, do do do. Um, because he actually, you know, tried to protect baby. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I'm not gonna call baby baby Yoda. I'm just gonna call it baby because I it's not Yoda. Baby. Um 
But, and then, so lo and behold, what, comes, what shows up, but a couple of mercenaries, or three, I think, and they're all like, we're going to take that. And they try to, um, you know, kill them or kill both of them. And Mando goes into full Mando action, like in control. One against three, he wins, but he gets injured. And he gets, I don't know if he gets cut or if it's a blaster burn, but whatever it is, he's cut. There is a literal uh, hole in his arm. (laughs) And he's trying to like zap it together because he's like, I don't know what that would be doing, but cauterizing it maybe. Um, But as he's sitting there after this battle trying to fix his wound, baby keeps jumping out of the cradle and coming over to him. It's the funniest thing. And like, we should, like, if you didn't know by now that this baby was force sensitive, then you would find out later. But like, baby was trying to force heal him intuitively. Yeah. Because he felt his pain. Mm. Yeah, maybe. And uh, like, again, talking about, you know, force healing. I don't think we've seen that before. I don't, I, I want to say that that's not a thing that we've actually seen. Like we've talked about it. And I've it heard was, too much fan fiction. It was a thing in old canon, which is where a lot, which is where we get it from without necessarily knowing it. Um, but horse healing was a thing in old canon. And I don't think that is was it a, not a thing in. Clone? I don't think that was a thing in Clone Wars because I've, I've been rewatching it and I just I never saw anything like it other than the part where Ahsoka's brought back to life by the daughter. That could possibly count. And the whole Mortis arc thing where she dies. Um, I feel like that could count. Um, but other than that, I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody use a force to heal. Um, yeah again i've just been reading way too much fan fiction um and it's like it makes you wonder if this is the first time we're seeing it or again being brought up again but we don't know that if that he was like that's what we think he was trying to do well because taking into account that he does actually have the force it's like what else could he have been what else would he be doing he's just like i want to poke it i mean he could have been doing that but it's like at the same time you know, it's a force-sensitive baby, and he sees a wound, and his immediate reaction is to reach his hand out to it, and he's doing that little, eh, that little face. I think Yoda could force you hard. Maybe. Um, I, again, I, I've also, like, because Well, okay, also remember, so, uh-huh. the only other two of this species we know of were both masters on the Jedi Council. We know that yeah. this species is extremely force sensitive we know that yoda was the most powerful jedi in the republic right and again there so, there's got to be a again this is a it's a baby it's a 50 year old baby granted but it's still a baby and oh real quick somebody was talking about online if wait if ba- this baby is 50 years old and yoda was like 800 something in the jedi council does that mean yoda was like in comparison to our ages, like not even middle age. And it's like, wait, uh, what? Cause it's like, they were talking about how like, if that, unless, you know, they age rapidly. Where did those 50 years come from? Um, when he's getting the, uh, the code uh, for the asset thing, the registration thing of the individual from the client, 
he's like, I can only give you the last two digits, five, uh, 50. And the Mandalorian said, that's it. That's all you can give me, their age. So apparently the last two digits are the age of the target that they're trying to get. And okay, they in it when the cradle opens and the Mandalorian's like, that's 50. And IG-11's like, well, species age differently. So what would be 41 BBY? What would be? When was he born? B- 41 BBY? Oh, maybe. Oh, wait, no, wait. That's not, that's not how that works. How do I do math? I don't know. What's 9 minus 50? <laughs> 9 minus 50? Negative what? Negative 41. I was right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Negative forty-one. I'm scrolling through the timeline. But um. Uh, that is about the. What? What? Uh. So that's about uh nine years before the Phantom Menace. Okay. Which is when? Who is born? What? Oh my gosh. If we're... Dude. Okay, so if this baby is the same age as Anakin Skywalker... Oh my god. Minichlorians! <laughs> oh my gosh. What? Are we doing I that I... right? Yeah, because Phantom Menace takes place in 32 BBY, and he was nine years old at the beginning of it. And oh gosh. this takes place, so that be that would be wait I'm backwards. Oh wait, no wait, wait. How old is he? Is he eleven? Anakin. Phantom Menace. Anakin the Phantom Phantom Menace. Yeah, he's like ten or eleven, right? I thought he was. Yeah, he's like nine or ten. I thought he's not eleven. It's one of those two. For he's now. ten. Okay, okay, well, either way. So we can assume they were born about the same time. Wow. That's interesting. Hmm. Um, so, yep. Wow. Well, well, that's well, crazy. What could that mean? And again, <laughs> see, and, and here's the thing. Because we know who's in charge of this show, we can't even, like, dismiss it as a coincidence. Because no, that's not Dave yeah. Filoni knows when Anakin Skywalker was born, and uh, wow, we should have figured this out before we had started recording. Now we're just kind of like, uh, well, they're just like, what? What? <laughs> I can't even. Okay, but, I can't even uh, begin to. But you. okay, to be fair, we also need to know more about uh the species and how they, yeah, roughly. <laughs> Somebody was. I don't talking, know why. We were talking about it online, and I'm just like, there were only we had only seen you know two of them, and I'm just like, only two there are, no more, no less. <laughs> I'm just like, you think Yaddle and Yoda broke their Jedi vows to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I was like, no. And but I was, I was thinking, like, you know, what if it is this weird kind of thing? Because like, I've seen this before somewhere. I don't know if it's in Star Wars or what, but where it's there's only a certain amount of the species at a time or something like that. And when, oh, I'm thinking of the dark crystal. 
That's what it is. Um, (laughs) Well, hang on a second because the dark crystal does tie into a lot of, because remember the guy who'd worked on the story for uh, the originals worked on the story for the original dark crystal. And if you've never seen the dark crystal uh, film, there are these two species of the mystics and the Skeksis who they're the same, but though they used to be one being, but they split and they're literally two of this, they're, they're, they belong to the same body. There's like 10 of each and each of the 10, technically there's only five because they're each, you know, each pair is one and they're exact, you know, polar opposites of each other. But when one dies, so does the other one because they're literally the same thing. I'm not saying that that's actually what's going on here. Well, Anakin Skywalker's already dead. Right. And he is already dead. And, like, it makes you wonder, though, in a way, because, like, we have that. And obviously, I mean, they didn't know each other. I'm not saying that Anakin and the baby knew each other or anything like that. Uh, you you have this whole... They were pen pals. Well, you have this whole two thing that you that we've been talking about, and it's like, Think about the rule of two and the Sith. You know, there can never be more than two. Think you about the rule. I mean, this, think of the Skywalkers. Think right. about and you think about this the baby Kylo and Ray. Think about yes, Kylo and Ray. This is what I was going to get to. And it's like, <laughs> hmm, that's interesting because you know they were both you know the same time and around. I mean, she's dead. younger than him, but oh, they're yeah. still yeah reaching and, the same point at the same time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and that's what's important. And it's again, um. You know, again, the story for this episode is mostly just, you know, um, Jawa steal the stuff and, you know, the Mandalorian gets it back. So they can mostly, you know, with the, it's, it's a very, you boil it, its elements down, it's a very short episode. But um, you know, talking about like the actual, you know, well, we'll talk about it, I guess, in a second. We can talk about the episode, but um, the baby. Well, okay, so the force, episode. The episode itself, um, like you said, so the Jawa stuff isn't necessarily super important. Um, the Jawas take everything off of his ship, the That's engine hilarious. pieces, all of it. They just strip <laughs> it completely and they take all of it, put it in their sand crawler and run away. Um, I loved this so much because we've always, we've only ever seen Jawas as being like nuisance, like annoying, like yeah. slightly irritating, like, you know, Uncle Owen's all like, yeah, get over there, whatever, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, they are little jerks. They do like, oh my god! I, mean, and I understand like, that they have to make a living, but also, I didn't realize that his uh, blaster vaporized people until this episode. Um, yeah, he's just vaporizing Jawas left and right, and he's trying to like he's hanging off the side of their sand crawler. Baby's little carriage is floating along behind it, going like you know, however fast it's going. But it was a little ridiculous. It was the baby some, is having a great time, by the way. And yeah. Back. The, it was ridiculous. Jawas are terrible. Um, throw just uh, throwing stuff at him, and the, he, then the, and he gets up there, and he gets they all they like collectively tase him, and he <laughs> just falls right off the thing. Um, <laughs> and so again, more failure. He goes back to his to his Ugnaught friend, and um, like I can't do anything. I need to get out of here because they, they took all the stuff. He's like, well, I'll go just trade with them. It's like, I'm not going to go trade with Jawas. He's like, no, go trade with Jawas. So they do this whole, like, you know, leave your weapons at the door, like, uh, communication thing. And the Jawas are like, we want the egg. And he's like, what? And they're like, the egg, the egg, the egg, the egg, the egg. We want the egg, 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 egg. They and sound like, like minions. They, 
<laughs> me. That was all I was thinking. I was just like, oh my God, they sound like minions. The egg and so he goes to find the egg. And he and Baby Yoda go. He takes the child along with him on a dangerous mission because that's what you do. You take your children with you. To well, they're not going to leave it with the Jawas. The Jawas are going to run off and sell that. I feel like Quill could have done a good job taking care of the child. Yeah, but like I understand. Mando's too proud. Anyways. I understand. But still, um, good choice. So it's basically like a woolly mammoth rancor combination thing. I love it. Um, and this thing is like, rawr! And then like, once again, Mandalorian is losing. He is not doing so well against this uh, rancor woolly mammoth. He's trying. And he's trying his hardest, but he's failing. And so what happens? Baby uses the force. Baby uses the force. The baby is watching all of this. The baby is watching his father get destroyed and completely pummeled in the mud. And you you keep seeing the camera go back to the baby. So I'm just like, I'm literally just like, I'm like, I'm waiting. I'm just like, the baby's going to do something. It has to do something because the camera keeps going back and forth and back and forth, reminding you that he's there. And all of a sudden, the little three fingers come out again. And the music and like the tone of everything of the episode just changes. The Mandalorian's in the mud. He looks up and the mud horn, which is what the creature's called, is floating in the air just like running in place like can't move and the baby baby is holding this several ton animal in the air by itself baby baby don't ever come and tell me again that ray anakin skywalker could never (laughs) listen this is a baby using the force that well keep your ray mary sue comments to yourself he has enough time to stab it with a knife yeah and And, and a knife is so not a mandalorian weapon it just isn't and he that's all he has that's the last resort thing the last resort thing and he stabs it and destroys it and baby yoda has passed out he passes out from the sheer sheer effort of i'm like are you okay baby (laughs) the sheer effort of the um the force mm-hmm. like knocked him out completely and so Mandalorian gets the egg oh wait we didn't miss it we didn't mention baby swallowing the frog oh yeah the baby swallowed frog baby get that out of your mouth baby's sitting down on the floor having a fun time with his little frogs you know that are down there he's just like I want to pet the frog it's a fun frog I like it I'm gonna eat it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it cuts away and then it cuts back and it's like halfway his mouth and Mandalorian goes get that out of your mouth and he just swallows it <laughs> he just swallows it and just and smiles he's just like what? <laughs> I'm just like I mean I'm baby hasn't sitting. been fed eat the, all the frogs you want baby I'm sitting there in horror watching it I'm like oh my god <laughs> and then I'm just, I'm just like I love it <laughs> I um, even more <laughs> but anyway baby ate a frog I want to, okay, and another but, thing too. Is the main yeah, so, is the going to change diapers? Because the baby has not been changed. If it's a literal baby that has not been potty trained, the baby has not been trained. You don't know how you don't know how that species works. I'm pretty sure they have to use the bathroom. Everything has to use the bathroom. I don't know everything. That we don't really talk about bathrooms in space. Like, I want a diaper changing scene in the next episode. 
I don't know if the world. He just kind of like holds him, and he's just like, Ugh. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Tarzan style when Kala gets Tarzan. She's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what's this? Um, I don't know what to do with this? But yeah, so baby passes out, just yep. the sheer exhaustion, and baby doesn't wake up, and he's freaking out like casually. He's trying to pretend he's not, but he is, and he's he like, keeps shaking the crib, and like, then. He, uh, <laughs> not, my friend is all like seeing if he's still alive is, is he still alive like he's like yeah it's alive it's just you know do you know what happened I have no idea what happened I can't explain it and it's the funniest thing um because I saw online a lot of parents were like that is relatable because a lot of them were saying I too used to check my children all the time when they were asleep to see if they were still alive <laughs> um, <laughs> oh also the egg is basically a Cadbury cream egg but for Jawas like uh, yeah and they they eat it so they cut off the top and they just like it's like yellow goo and they just like go to town on it and they just eat it it's like not even like valuable they just really want to eat it yep like, like I, I thought the egg was like a valuable thing or something i thought it was like an actual living uh, thing i didn't know what they were gonna use it for but i'm just like okay they're gonna get the egg and i'm like they can't eat it once i see the size of it i'm like there's not enough it's I mean, maybe it could be, and then they slice the top off, and then they're just grabbing the egg yolk in the inside and just eating it. And I'm just like, oh, okay, that's. Okay. I like how that was worth all of his shit parts. Yeah, they must really like that. Um. Well, and then they go back to Agnot's farm mm-hmm. and rebuild the ship. And they build it piece like by piece, like hardcore cool forging. Yeah, it's really cool, like montage, montage. of them, like yeah. maybe still sleeping, still asleep through all that. And then he goes on his way, and mm-hmm. baby wakes up. He shakes the thing one more time. The baby's still asleep, but then he wakes up, and it's just like, because there's space. <laughs> it's the cutest thing. It's just like, and then that's it. And that's the end of the episode. And uh, so cute. <laughs> um, so cute. So yeah, it's it's. I'm so pleasantly surprised by the series, and you know, it, I'm me. I love all Star Wars. I don't like to dislike Star Wars things because I'm one of those people who's all like, "It's all good, shut up." Mm-hmm. Um, Same. But I'm very much a fan of this, and very much excited to see where it goes i like that they're like i don't even really want to talk about our predictions for the next episode because i want to just leave it as it is yeah um because we don't know where they're going we don't know what we don't have any context for what's next um aside from the few characters we think we're going to meet but we don't know when we're meeting them um so yeah i mean i look forward to watching it every week I look forward to all the Baby Yoda merchandise we're going to get. Oh, yeah. If there isn't a Funko Pop and a plush in the next, like, three weeks, I want a refund. I mean, Disney, you missed out. Well, I'm sure it's coming. It better be coming. Well, they've been really... I mean, think about all the, the, the Episode Nine merch they're withholding. Like That's true. It's coming. Don't worry. Build up the baby hype and then release it. Maybe the I can buy a baby in the creature stall and that too. I want ten. Then he's gonna become a crazy baby lady. Yes. 
no and and every single creature that they come have, are showing on the show i want that as well i want the walrus ice walrus thing i want the mudhorn and i want 50 of those little tiny lizards i just want it all only 50 only 50 i'll, I'll stop myself at 50. um is there anything else you want to cover before we wrap it up other than I will, I just, I love, love this show so much. And I love Tired Dad Mandalorian so much. Um, no. Um, well, thank you guys for joining us for this. Um, again, this will be a weekly segment and the next one won't be as long because it'll only be one episode unless it's like completely bonkers in which case who knows yeah. um if you have any thoughts or comments or anything um we are easy to find on twitter um our twitter handle is women ot wills that's women ot w h i l l s um i'm meg meg pen pen netty is netty underscore nerf herder and we can be found on Facebook. You can email us with any thoughts at womenofthewills at gmail.com. You can, I don't know, throw rocks at our windows from wherever you live. I, <laughs> we're pretty easy to find. Um, but we look forward to um, any uh, future discussions. Mm -hmm. And anything else you'd like to add? Uh, no, other than may the force be with you. And may the force be with you all. Have an awesome week and enjoy Disney Plus and all it has to offer. Woo! I've watched like so many random things. Same. <laughs> Little Mermaid 2, Cinderella. <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah. Enjoy and we'll see you guys um, next week. Yay! Bye! Bye!